The Unknown. Chapter One. My name is Cassie. I can't tell you my last name. The Yurk danger is too great. There are days when it feels like a noose is slowly tightening around my neck. There are days when I don't feel like I can trust anyone. But as long as they don't know for sure who I am, maybe my friends and I can stay alive. Maybe. Kind of dramatic sounding, right? I sound like maybe I'm paranoid or nuts, don't I? Well, trust me, I'm not being overdramatic. I'm probably the least dramatic person you'll ever meet, and I am not one of those crazy conspiracy people or anything, really. I'm just an average girl. I'm not some supermodel or rock star or whatever. I'm short, okay looking, but definitely not beautiful. I'm more stocky and solid than tall and willowy. If you want tall and willowy, you'll have to meet my best friend Rachel. But that's not me. I'm a short girl with short black hair and no makeup, and a wardrobe that runs the gamut from jeans all the way to overalls. I own two pairs of boots. Both are currently covered with mud and various kinds of animal poop. I also have a couple of nice rubber gloves. You don't even want to know what's all over them. See, I work with animals a lot. I help my dad, who's a veterinarian. He runs the wildlife rehabilitation clinic, which is actually just our barn. He takes in all kinds of injured wildlife and sets their broken legs and heals their mange and soothes their burns and disinfects their bites. I help them out after school and on weekends. Mostly, I do things like give animals their meds—that's medications. I wash the animals and their cages and feed them and change dressings. And help my dad out in surgery. He's teaching me how to suture, you know, how to make stitches after you perform surgery. Cool, huh? At least to me it is. But in any case, now you know why I own poopy boots and gross gloves and several pairs of torn, stained jeans. What can I say? I will not be appearing on the cover of Seventeen. On the other hand, Rachel is my best friend, and Rachel is without a doubt. The coolest person I will ever know, and Jake likes me, as in likes, and he's the smartest, strongest, most balanced person I've ever met. Except maybe for my parents, who are cool but in a parental way. So anyway, I guess the lack of decent wardrobe hasn't set me back too much. One way you can judge a person is by looking at their friends, and their enemies. I have wonderful friends. And terrible enemies. I have the kind of enemies that no normal, short, fashion-impaired animal nut should have. Earth is being invaded. It is being invaded by a species of intelligent parasites called yurks. In their normal state, they're just these grayish slugs, like big fat snails without their shells. But the yurks have the ability to enter the brain of another animal, wrap themselves around the brain, sink into all the little cracks and crevices. And utterly take over. The Yurks have already enslaved the entire Horkbeshir race. They've made allies of the vile Taxons, and now they are after us. They're here, 
They're all around you. You just don't know it. They can be anyone. You think you know your friends? Your teachers? Even your parents? Maybe you do. But maybe you don't. Because any of them might have a yerk living inside their head. Any one of them might be a controller. That's what we call a person who is enslaved by a yerk. A controller. A human controller, which is a human who is completely enslaved by the yerk in his or her head. I mentioned Jake earlier. His brother, Tom, is one of them. At school, our assistant principal, Chapman, is one of them. And who is fighting to stop this invisible, secret yerk invasion? Just a bunch of kids. Jake, Rachel, Marco, Tobias, an alien kid named Axe, and yours truly. Now you're worried. You're thinking, Earth is being invaded by evil slugs from outer space, and all we have on our side is a bunch of kids? Well, we're not exactly just a bunch of kids. We have certain abilities. See, we learned about the Yurks from the dying Andalite prince, Alfangor. He gave us the Andalite morphing technology. It allows us to become any animal we can touch. I've been a wolf and an osprey and a fly. I've been more than a dozen animals. I've been through terrible dangers and awful, violent battles. But I'm still alive. Still just Cassie. And I still don't care about clothes. Which just drives Rachel nuts, even after all these years. Rachel was standing there in the barn, just staring at me. Cassie, I'm just saying. Look, wear jeans if you want. Wear overalls. Wear crusty rubber boots. I can accept all that. But you could at least buy jeans that fit. These fit fine, I protested. Cassie, you know I love you. You know you're my best friend in the whole world. But those jeans are so short, you could wade across the Mississippi and not get them wet. When did you buy them? When you were four? I looked down at my jeans. They did happen to end about an inch above the tops of my boots. I grinned at Rachel. She gets so distressed about things like that. There was a look of actual pain on her face. Like the mere existence of jeans this short was agonizing. You're saying these are too short? Not if there's a flood coming in, Rachel said. If you're expecting a flood, those would be the exact jeans to wear. Just come with me. I'm going to... The place. They're having lots of sales. I want you to come with me. I narrowed my eyes. I knew what the place was. I'm not going to the mall with you, I said. Who's going to the mall? A voice asked. It was my dad. He'd just opened the side door of the barn. Rachel is going to the mall, I told him. Please make her go with me, Rachel begged my father. He laughed. <laughs> nope, sorry Rachel, I need Cassie. Crazy Helen called, and we have a sick horse way out on the edge of the drylands. Rachel looked down at my father's own jeans. They ended about six inches above his shoes, revealing socks that didn't exactly match. Gee, I wonder where Cassie gets it from, Rachel said dryly. I made a helpless shrug for Rachel. Darn, now I can't drag behind you for three hours while you power shop and guys drool all over you. Oh, what a pity. Oh, life is so cruel. 
Rachel made a face at me, then laughed. Hey, a sick horse is far more important than buying jeans that go all the way down. Come with us, I said to Rachel. I like my dad and all, I really do. But a two-hour drive with just him and his old Stevie Wonder CDs was not going to be fun. Yeah, right, Rachel said. I said, come with us, and tomorrow I'll let you pick out a new pair of jeans for me. Real jeans? Not some pair of blue cardboard-looking bargain jeans? Rachel bit her lip and got a misty look in her eyes. Of course, you'll need a nice top to go with them. And that's how we ended up discovering the evil horses that threatened all of humanity. But I'd better not get ahead of myself. First, we had to drive to the drylands. Chapter 2 It was dark by the time we got away from the city, away from the far edge of the forest, and out into the area we usually call the drylands. The drylands aren't exactly desert. I mean, we're not talking cactuses and so on, but the area is kind of a wasteland of scruffy grass and lots of emptiness that seems to stretch on and on forever. Here and there you'll see a tree, or maybe a few trees, but mostly it's just grass and wildflowers and scrub and piles of boulders that just jut up out of the ground like they were piled there by some ancient giant. Not that we saw much of the drylands that night. It was highway all the way there. An hour of highway, with all three of us crammed in the front of the seat of the pickup. My dad won't let us ride in the back. It's not safe. But, of course, Rachel and I couldn't really talk much, with my dad right there. It's not just that he's a parent. It's also that he doesn't know anything about our lives as Animorphs. So, who's Crazy Helen? Rachel asked, desperate for anything to talk about. Probably shouldn't call her that, my dad said, even though that's what she calls herself. She's an old woman, maybe 80 years old. She has a trailer behind a souvenir shop she owns. I met her years back when there was trouble with the Drylands horse herds. There was a problem with intestinal parasites, I explained. Worms. For who? The horses or Crazy Helen? Rachel asked. There it is, my dad said, interrupting my search for a really funny comeback to Rachel. He pulled the truck up to a souvenir stand, topped by a gigantic billboard that read, Last Chance Souvenirs. The billboard was bigger than the actual store. The store was closed and looked like it had been for years. Behind the store was a trailer. It was an Airstream. You know, one of those silver, bullet-shaped trailers. There was an awning out front trimmed in bright Christmas lights, even though it was nowhere near Christmas. Crazy Helen came out when she saw us pull up. She had stringy gray hair and was wearing a faded, flowery blouse over patched jeans and cowboy boots. Hey, Rachel said. It's you, Cassie. In 60 or 70 years. I accidentally dug my elbow into Rachel's side, and we both laughed. Actually, Cassie, you'll probably end up running some big volunteer organization that saves unhappy chickens and whales or whatever, Rachel said, softening her sarcasm. I kind of like that picture of my future. Although... I wasn't sure how I was going to work with chickens and whales at the same time. She's over there! Over there! Crazy Helen yelled as soon as we piled out of the truck. It's a big roan mare! 
She's acting all funny, like maybe she's been eating the loco weed. Loco weed? Rachel asked me. I shrugged. Hi, Helen. My dad said calmly. We'll go take a look and see what we have. How have you been? Those darn aliens won't let me sleep, she said. I saw Rachel stiffen. I gave her a wink. In a low whisper, I said, different aliens. They keep sending me the messages through my teeth, Helen said. They keep on telling me they're going to land right out here. But I haven't seen a Martian land in 40 years. Very untrustworthy. Very, very sneaky, untrustworthy folks. Who? My father asked. The Martians, that's who. Crazy Helen laughed. It wasn't an insane laugh. More of a gentle knowing sound. I wondered sometimes if Crazy Helen was really crazy, or just playing a game. Well, we'll go look at this horse, my dad said. Rachel and I shone flashlights into the dark. The moon was up, but it was just a sliver and didn't cast much light. And soon we were beyond the pool of light from the trailer and the billboard. Out in the absolute blackness you get when you're far from the city. The flashlight picked out stumpy trees and bushes and rocks. The only sound was the rustling of the tall grass as we walked. My father and I peered deep into the gloom, looking for a horse. Rachel, on the other hand, turned to look back toward the highway. Hey, is that the horse you're looking for? Rachel asked. Where? There, back by the road, back by the payphone. My dad and I turned to look. A scruffy roan horse was swaying from side to side as it walked, swaying like a drunk. As we watched, the horse seemed to be attracted to the telephone. It picked up the receiver with its mouth and let it hang off the hook. And that's when things got strange. The horse lowered its head to the ground, picked up a twig in its lips, and seemed to be poking the telephone keyboard. Am I crazy, or is that horse trying to make a phone call? Rachel said. My dad shrugged. Must be disoriented. Doesn't know what it's doing. Come on, let's get over there. I dropped behind a few steps to fall in with Rachel. That horse is dialing the phone, Rachel said in a whisper. Sure looks like it, I agreed. Ordering a pizza, Rachel suggested. Hey, Alpha Alpha, and extra cheese? My dad was getting close to the horse. The horse spotted him and hesitated, like it wanted to complete its phone call, but also wanted to run away. It decided to run, only it wasn't really up for running. The best it could do was wobble off into the darkness, practically falling over as it went. Whoa, girl, whoa, my dad said in his calming the animal's voice. Whoa, I'm just here to help you. But the horse wasn't interested. It swayed and wobbled and drifted away as fast as it could. I lost it in the darkness, but then we heard a boomph sound. I broke into a run and soon caught up to my father. He was kneeling over the fallen horse. The horse was still trying to stand up, but it was out of it. What do you think it is? I asked my dad anxiously. The horse was sweating profusely. It glared at us with huge brown eyes. Well, it could be a lot of things, he answered. But I'd put my money on snakebite. Try and keep her calm. I have to get some things from the truck. 
I'll be right back. Snakes? Rachel said. Sure, there are lots of snakes out here, I said. I patted the horse's flank and made soothing noises. Not at night though, right? I mean, snakes are probably a daytime thing, right? Not always. Great. This is so much better than the mall. Poison snakes and phone calling horses. Suddenly, I noticed something happening to the horse's head. Look! I cried. There, crawling its way out of the horse's left ear, was a slug. A large, gray slug. Is that what I think it is? Rachel whispered. Yeah, I think so. The gray slug wormed its way out of the horse's head. It plopped heavily on the gravel and grass beneath it. And then it started to writhe away. I'd seen those slugs before. We both had. Yerk, I whispered. There was a yerk in this horse. The yerk crawled into the darkness. I glanced back and saw my dad still digging through his medical supplies at the truck. And that's when the pale stallion appeared. He was not a terribly large horse, but you knew right away, from the first glance, that this was a powerful animal. He stepped calmly toward us, head held high. He looked down at the snake-bit horse, and then he looked at the crawling yerk. It was hard to see clearly in the dark, but I think the yerk tried to raise itself up to the horse, like it was trying to reach it. Then the stallion turned and began to run away. Rachel? Yeah? We have to get out of here. What do you mean? Why? I didn't know why. It was a feeling. An instinct. But it was really strong. Just do it! Run! Run! I grabbed Rachel's arm and yanked her along with me. We took about eight steps, then... A blinding light! Brilliant and intense as a flashbulb-in-your-face light! The light was coming from above, from the sky. The very rocks split open. The ground itself seemed to explode. My face hit the dirt before I even knew I was falling. Hello, Phantomorphs, and thank you for listening to another episode of Audiomorphs, the Animorphs auditory experience. As always, I am your host, Daniel. Alright, we are in a new book, finally, and we got a uh, lot of, lot of note, Note keeping, uh, hey, mm, no, no, that doesn't sound like the right phrase, but my mind's blanking. But we got a lot of stuff to discuss here, and the end show notes is what I'm trying to say. Uh, for example, I got two messages on Tumblr. The first one from Avian American says, "Hey, I just finished listening to the end of the Andalite Chronicles. I'd never actually read it before, so listening to it and having the story brought to life through your reading was a really awesome experience." Can't wait for the next episode. Have a good day slash night slash whatever. Happy face. Uh, thank you. Uh, long time listener Avian American who sent, uh, asked before. Uh, I'm glad that it was a good experience for you. I, uh, worked hard on it. <laughs> um, but seriously, no, thank you for your support. Uh, I also have a message from Kaliko Lilac who says, Hello, after some poking and prodding from friends, I decided to go ahead and tackle my childhood fear of the Animorphs and found the books incredibly hard to get my hands on. Thank you so much for this podcast. I have been listening nonstop for the past few weeks and I'm very much looking forward to getting caught up. Thank you so much, Kaliko. 
not to like undercut my own listening numbers, but if you are looking for the uh, PDFs or the the EPUBs of the Animorph books, um, you can go to the same place I go, which is Richard's Animorph Forums or uh, AnimorphsForums.com. Uh, they host just all the Animorph books on on the site, and I believe they have gotten uh, the blessing of K.A. Applegate to do so. Uh, and if not, please no one tell on them, because this is cheaper than buying all the books off Amazon, and also I don't have that much space in my room for, for all these books. So, no, if, if this is not sanctioned, don't be a snitch. Same with my podcast, don't snitch on me either. I, I don't want to get taken down either. But uh, if you want to read the books instead of listening to them, uh, there there is an option for you. Uh, I also have... Uh, I want to thank uh, Gab- Gabriella from Gmail. Uh, sent in a whole bunch of uh, song recommendations and even uh, kind of sorted them by who they uh, who they think uh, which character it goes with. So that's really useful. Thank you. Um, I've got a whole bunch of new songs now to sort through and and use. So thank you for that. And uh. Last, but certainly not least, I'd like to give a big thank you to uh, our newest Platinum listener, Ember Delf, or possibly Ember Delf. I'm still not sure, but uh, you've commented a few times on a few different platforms. Um, long-time listener, thank you so much. They donated some money to uh, my server fees, which... Total transparency, I pay uh, $100 to Podbean to host this podcast and another 100 to Weebly to uh, host The Apocalypse, my website. Um, and so I do that out of pocket. I, I make enough money that I can do that and, and you know, make rent still. But uh, it certainly does not hurt to, to get some help with that. So thank you so much, Ember. And uh, speaking of uh, all these great ways to write in, you can contact me through my website, theapocalypse.com. That's like apocalypse, but with a D in the middle. Uh, that's also a great way to find all the stuff I I do besides this podcast. Uh, you can also write in at uh, audiomorphscast.tumblr.com, which is what Avian and uh, Calico did. Or you can write in at to audiomorphscast at gmail.com, which is what Gabriella did. So thank you, everyone who wrote in. Thank you, everyone who's reviewed this. If you would like to review this on Apple Podcasts, I would love that. I'd love to get reviews and read those and uh, feel good about what I do. Um, if you want to write in, please do so. Thank you, everyone who's done that. And thank you to Ember for kindly donating some money toward my server fees. Uh, I believe that is all. That was a lot, right? But I think that's all I got uh, for this this round. So I'll see you and these wacky horses next week. My name is Daniel, and I believe one day the Andalites will come. Until then, we fight.